Welcome. This is the Slooky Games Cast. This is Monday, January 23rd. I had a check. Um, we are doing the second part of our Game of the Year podcast because last time we got through our awards, but we did not actually get through ranking of our top 10 games of the year. So that's what this podcast is all about. Joining me as always are OJ Duncan, Ryan Frills, and Alicia Utech. So the four of us are going to put our heads together and try to come up with our favorite 10 games of the year. They may not be your favorite. They may not be everybody's favorite, but they're our favorites. And doggone it, we love them. So, so if you hear bonking against the microphones, that's from us trying to put our heads together. <laughs> <laughs> I still have bruises from last time. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just get started. We have 14 games currently listed here, so I'm going to read through those. We'll have to cut four of these, and then it'll get down to ordering the rest of them. So the games currently listed are Vampire Survivors, Elden Ring, Tunic, Atari 50, the Anniversary Celebration, Citizen Sleeper, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, AI, The Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative, which just always sounds like Dave Grohl's involved in some way. <laughs> <laughs> Pokemon Violet and Scarlet, Sonic Frontiers, Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core Reunion, Little Gator Game, Final Fantasy Stranger of Paradise. Okay, we're going to have to correct having too many Final Fantasy games. <laughs> <laughs> oh, which will we cut? <laughs> I can't imagine. <laughs> uh, Stray and Marvel Snap. Stay t- in tune for my impassioned defense of Final Fantasy Stranger of Paradise, <laughs> which I have not even played, but I will defend. So I, what I will say right off the bat is, unless this is an ironic, ironic list, uh, Final Fantasy Stranger of Paradise <laughs> Can go. We, <laughs> it's a I, I difficult, think, a difficult decision. Are, it it are, really, it's it's wounding me personally. Yeah. Are, hold it's on, the most are, chaotic position. Are we sure that this game wasn't really like revolutionizing the formula of Final Fantasy, streamlining it into the perfect game? There was not <laughs> a single revolutionary act in that game. Right, well, there's my impassioned defense. I, I'm done. I'm out. There's a lot of chaotic acts. Yeah, we're revolting but, against the chaos. Yes. yes. <laughs> Uh, I have to say, I was I suggested Little Gator Game, but I do think probably for Game of the Year, it's probably my favorite indie game of the year. But content wise, you know, you beat the game in three hours, and so well, you beat Stray in like four or five hours. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't think length necessarily is held against it. I don't think so, but I think just in comparison to the others, I still like I said, I still think it's best indie game mm-hmm. of the year. But when we need to cut four, I'm mm-hmm. okay with cutting Little Gator mm-hmm. Game. But well, you should go out and play it because it's amazing and adorable. I mean, I would argue we have other indie games on this list. So if you think it's indie game of the year, maybe it should stay. I yeah, like I think Citizen Sleeper and uh, Tunic both. I've heard they can beat like be beaten like within like six to eight hours or so. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm trying to make this easier. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to take the hit here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just don't. I, I don't want you to feel like there's some arbitrary standard that would make you have to cut it. You're just trying to protect Sonic Frontiers. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, she's, she's playing the long game here, everybody. <laughs> this is her sacrificial lamb. She, she never cared about Little, little Gator game. It's only on there so she can cut it. And the keep sacrificial Sonic. gator. The little gator is saying, save me, Alicia. Save me, Alicia. See and you later, alligator. <laughs> 
and it falls onto the rotting corpse of Gex. <laughs> oh, man. They're probably related in some way. Um, <laughs> Poor Gex. I don't know. What, what do you all think? Anything that you feel like should be cut? We have to do three more I know more I'm cuts. taking the hits here, but, I, you know, <laughs> Crisis Core Reunion is really awesome and really nostalgia, and also mm-hmm. they didn't update gameplay elements that could mm-hmm. have been updated. The voice acting isn't as good as the original. The animation sometimes looks worse than the original. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it, it hurts me, but I am fine cutting that, cutting yeah. all the Final Fantasies. Yeah. So would you choose that over Little Gator game to get cut? Probably, as much as it pains me to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Square Enix needs to up their game. Yeah, they. There's a lot of really good things from Crisis Core Reunion that I enjoy, but mm-hmm. I fully acknowledge, at least right now, a lot of it is nostalgia. Yeah, and just mm-hmm. love of Seven in general. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe Square Enix Game of Thrones will will be good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that gets two off the list. So, so this is our game of the year award. It is yes. us collectively. Collectively, okay. So, I think us collectively, we're not really super mega into Elden Ring, which this is this is going to be blasphemous. <laughs> blasphemous. <laughs> this is what we get well known for, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, yeah, Elden Ring. No, no. I I could see myself loving Elden Ring. I just haven't played it, and mm. I don't want to play it on my PS4 because so I actually was playing Stray a little bit yesterday because mm-hmm. I played it like on the streaming and my PS4 was having a hard time keeping up with that. So mm-hmm. I, I think I have an older PS4. I think I've heard it's supposed to be good, but I have mm-hmm. a slightly older used one. Um, so uh, but I you're, don't want to. You were streaming. You weren't playing it locally. That, that's also mm-hmm. part of it probably, right, I yeah. imagine. But I, yeah, to, to everybody else out there, I wouldn't be making this controversial choice. This is all on their heads. <laughs> <laughs> OJ brought it up. <laughs> uh, for all I know, I'd be wanting to cut it too because I was. I see why people like the Dark Souls games. They were just never for me. So. Well, I I do think OJ's right. Like of these, you know, I remember us talking about Vampire Survivors. I remember us talking about Tunic. I remember us talking about Marvel Snap. I don't really remember us having a lot of conversations around Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. No. We did actually, and um, you know that's I listed that up there at the top. And of those top three, you know, they're not in a particular order, but mm-hmm. those three I listed, I think it's my it's my least favorite of those mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You seem to I, much more passionate about Tunic. Yeah, yeah and I, I think Elden Ring's a great game. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's yeah. Not yeah. saying and it's not good, just yeah, for us. I think it achieved a lot, um, but. As a collective list, it will be on my top ten, mm-hmm. but I see as a collective list it not making our top ten. Mm-hmm. I can I, I can understand why it would not be. Yeah, on there. yeah. All right. I you heard it here first. We cut Elden Ring as game of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of feel that way about Citizen. Sl- Did we ever talk about Citizen Sleeper? That's because I played it over Christmas break. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> we never talked about it. Okay, because I was like, I don't remember. I was talking about this. <laughs> okay. That's that a beautiful little indie game, but the kind that you talk down about, Alicia. <laughs> I, if we want to cut it, that's fine, because I know that's just a game I really like. That's my second personal second favorite game of the year. 
but I, it's not going to be everybody else's. And like, well, that's okay. I yeah. mean, like, there's a lot of games on this list. Like, say, I'm, I'm the only I one who played Little Gator Game. <laughs> right, you're the only yeah. one who played Little Gator Game. I'm the only one who played Tunic. You right. know, so there are games on this that are inherently going to be one person kind of making the argument for. But, I think that's fine. Yeah, and but that said, like I think like based on things I've heard, Tunic should go farther because it looks like Tuner was doing Tunic blah Tuner <laughs> was doing more innovative things. It sounds like Citizen Sleeper. So what this is before we cut it, just let me sing its praises for a moment. So this is like a visual novel, uh, kind of role playing type game. Um, you are a sentient, like. AI unit, like you're you've used a mechanized body to escape the corporation that owns you, and basically you're somebody who sold their consciousness to a corporation because they were promised like a better future if they did, and if they like use their consciousness to work in machines for that corporation. And I mean, this is a game about super super late stage capitalism. So does it turn out well? No, um, <laughs> they get exploited, and so they end up escaping, and they go onto this um, like this satellite spaceship type place that's kind of uh, just been made by, like, a bunch of people, like, getting away from like, uh, various things. Um, and it has its own complicated history with people trying to corruptly run it and stuff. And you're out there trying to make a life on your own while trying to figure out the secrets of the place um, and while trying to hide from this organization. And so there's just, like, so, uh, there's a lot of cool stuff uh, going on with AI and the way they talk about it. Um, to me, it it very much resonates with what it is to have neurodivergence, the way they talk about the oddity of mm. having a consciousness uh, with memories that isn't really, that they have, but aren't really familiar to them. Um, and kind of the experience of sleep and how their consciousness kind of feels like it transcends their body and goes into other machines. And I mean, I'm not saying it's something that neurodivergent people go through, but the way they talk about consciousness and how they experience their selfhood and their body kind of makes me think of neurodivergence. Um, and, the character art is this as much as I love us uh, AI Atomium files. The character art, I can't remember the name of the illustrator, it's just freaking phenomenal. Um, they don't have they're not like pixelated graphics or or 3D graphics or anything, it's just like the images on um, the illustrated images, and they're just beautiful art pieces of artwork. Uh, the spaceship itself, the background, isn't that exciting? Um, you use dice to decide actions and to see what you're capable of doing. Um, but you can also mitigate those dice actions by, like, upping your skill sets, which is what kind of the role-playing part comes in. Uh, beautiful little game. I love it, but it's not going to be everyone's cup of tea, and I I'm fine cutting it now. Um, I'm protecting AI of the Somnium files. Uh, <laughs> but also it has a non-binary doctor in it, and that's something I loved. So citizen sleeper, everyone. Well, are are we okay with that, or is there something people would like to put up? I mean, I'm crying in place of. <laughs> You're gonna be. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that sounds amazing. I'm not gonna lie. That sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. it, it's been well reviewed. I have not played it, but I, I know lots of people that did make their top ten list this year. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it is not a an an. A, a weird pick. To it's not a sleeper hit. <laughs> no, I, I think it very much is a sleeper hit. <laughs> it, but I kind of got out of it what I was wanting to get out of Disco Elysium. And keep in mind, Disco Elysium might be like politically, like sociopolitically and stuff, more complex in ways that this isn't. Mm -hmm. But I liked the way the gameplay gelled with the story more. Um, I, I've heard 
opposing thing. Like, people say the opposite. Like, they felt like they had more control in Disco Elysium, but I felt like I had less control. And I felt like anytime I was failing at something, I was always getting, like, the lesser story. And this, because I have more control and can do more to mitigate it, I can get hurt, but I feel like I have higher chances of getting the more interesting story in this one. Um, and I could be wrong about that. Like, I, I haven't, like, looked over all of Disco Elysium stories and compared what I was getting to the other ones, but it felt like I was missing out on a more interesting story when I, like, got bad roles and stuff in this. Whereas this one, I felt like I had a better chance at, like, mitigating my roles and stuff and figuring out what I did with them and controlling them because you roll your dice at the beginning and then select what you do with them. Um, that I felt like this was giving me the experience I wanted more. I think a, a super awesome game would have more of the complex storytelling, which isn't out of this. It's in the cerebral sci-fi stuff that's going on there, but as far as socio-political stuff, um, mm -hmm. I think a game that takes notes from how this did gameplay and attaches that to it would be a good game in the future. Well, what do we think? Is there something you think should be cut in place of it? All right. I mean, I'm opening Controversial choice. To everyone. Mm -hmm. I think this is an awesome thing, but I think it's more interesting as like a form of documentary almost in video game. I'm kind of suggesting maybe Atari 50. Mm. I, here's, I, I can understand keeping it. It does have new games in it, but my look at it is... It's almost more interesting as, like, a documentary, like a video game documentary, than it is, like, a video game that you play, it sounds like, to me. That's, but I haven't played it yet, so I could be very off. Yeah. That, I mean, I get the argument for that. Mm -hmm. I think it's such a high watermark at what that's it true. does. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I really hate not recognizing it. Yeah. But... I also understand the argument for something that is more original getting in its place, right? So That's true. Um, so, yeah. Can, I mean, can we make up collection of the year award for Atari 50? <laughs> did yeah. we? We gave it the retro. Did the we retro bone. Best retro bone. Mm -hmm. Okay. We said, like, nothing competed with that. It was more yeah. of a competition for second mm -hmm. place on that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can see it. I can see I, it getting cut on. I could it. be, com and by the way, if you have like an impassioned defense for like why no Ryan, that's wrong. I c I have not played it. I could be completely off base, but I mean, I can make an impassioned uh, defense of Atari Fifty, and I I do think it's a a wholly different type of compilation than we've seen before in game compilations. So the same team that did it or the same studio uh, also did the Ninja Turtles Cowabunga collection this year as well. And it's so like night and day, the difference between mm -hmm. them, like this is, this is more like the criterion collection versus <laughs> what that was. And that wasn't even a bad collection. That was actually a very good collection and they actually did a lot of cool stuff with it, but this is getting more to taking games seriously as an art form and saying, okay, well games aren't just about collecting themselves, but it's also about how we present them. That's a good point. How, how do we talk about them? You know, how do we document them long-term uh, for Know, new generations to experience them. And so, you know, again, I get the argument for a new original game over it. Like, I completely get that, and I'm not going to be upset or anything if that's the decision we make. <laughs> but 
I mean, that would be my argument that uh, it's doing something in a way that's never been done before. But if we want to say, let's put an original game over that in our top 10, I'm perfectly fine with that because we've already recognized Atari 50 with our Retro Bone Award. <laughs> so um, I, I'm not going to like lose sleep over that or anything. And I would rather have Tunic and Vampire Survivors and Stray in the top 10 ahead of um, ahead of it. Okay, so we're good with that. Atari 50, then Citizen Sleeper? I, I think we're good with cutting Atari mm-hmm. 50. I think, okay. like okay. Justin said, if we weren't acknowledging it at all, there would mm-hmm. be a problem. Yeah. But If we weren't acknowledging it at all, I'd fight more for it here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that gets us down to our 10. Now it's all about ranking. And so... What do we think is our number 10 game of these that we have on here? So this is this is difficult for me because all of the games on here are hitting in different things. Yeah. yeah. So what what am I going to prioritize for a game of the year is what I'm thinking. Oh, okay, here's my idea. What's for our top 4? What's each of our favorite games? Like our personal, what's the one we'd hold on to like the longest? Wait, so you want our number one rather than our number ten? Yeah, at the moment, because I think that could help narrow us down a little bit. It might be a little anticlimactic. Like, we're like, mm-hmm. we know where we're going, but if we want to do that, we can do something different, though. Well, how about as we're talking, we can each save a game if if everyone else wants to put it. At the okay, that sounds, that sounds good. That sounds good. God. So, so here's, here's my... My first bid for a uh, 10th place, and Alicia, you're, you're going to hate me, but uh, Pokemon Violet. The reason... I was going to say the same thing, honestly. <laughs> the, the reason that I'm saying is that it came out buggy. It's a fantastic game. Love it. But it came out buggy. Um, My thing that, is the story, though, is right. so good. Mm-hmm. I hear you. What about Citizen Sleeper as our number 10? It is the game that squeaked into the top 10. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> I thought we cut it out too before we got to the 10. Uh, yeah, we can cut that one. No, we're not, we're not cutting, cutting it. it. <laughs> we're putting okay. it at number 10. It'll be our 10th place game. Okay, okay yeah. Okay. I'm good place. with that. Yeah. Fine. All right, Citizen Sleeper at number 10. We can rearrange I can be these. okay with Pokemon mm-hmm. Violet at 9th because mm-hmm. I... Yeah, the the bugs that it came out with do make did did make it really rough in the beginning, mm. and you know the storylines that are phenomenal are phenomenal. Uh-huh. Like the oh, yeah. the stuff with the professor and mm-hmm. Arvin. Yeah, the Team Star story mm. is kind kind of mm-hmm. mediocre. The champion is we're holding out for DLC on if <laughs> Gita is gonna actually be. <laughs> Anything worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So I'm okay with Violet okay. at ninth. Okay. okay. Well, then what is our number eight game? Well, we're at it. Let's just cut through all of Alicia's darlings. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Mm. So okay, is... I'm looking at this list, mm-hmm. just knowing... Personally, I'm familiar with all of these. Is everyone familiar with all of our remaining? Because I yeah. know I was the only one who went through Lil Gator game. 
But I, Little Gator Games sort of an N sixty four style platformer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's very much a tribute to Legend of Zelda and all of that. You're playing as this younger brother Gator who is trying to get his big sister. His big sister is a college student now, mm-hmm. and she's busy working on homework. And he's like, "No, we used to play this game. Come play the game with me." Mm-hmm. Like we don't be a we don't do adult things when we're playing. And so he's, like, getting all of the friends involved, trying to, you know, f- hunt down the sword and the shield because the hero's got to have a green hat and mm-hmm. <laughs> all these. It's a very cute little game. Um, like I said, my personal favorite for indie game. But I'm also thinking about the fact that I'm the only one who heard of it. <laughs> Right, uh, little gator game, and then tunic are the two left that I've only heard from, heard of that I haven't actually seen or played or anything yet. Right? Although I I I bought tunic, but I just haven't played it yet. Um, yeah, that's that's the problem. You always <laughs> run into yeah. the end of the year, and you don't yeah. have time, and like that's I, I didn't play stray till over Christmas, and mm-hmm. so yeah, I think I couldn't speak to it till then. I'm I haven't played tunic, but I think just from what you had said mm-hmm. about the way that the story is un- unveiled. Mm-hmm. That to me makes it more interesting than Lil Gator Game. I think Lil Gator Game hits that nostalgia bone in a different way. Mm-hmm. But I think, especially with how careful you've been to talk about, not to not give away how the story is unveiled and how that there's that mm-hmm. moment where everything clicks, that to me is more interesting. So I, w- I would probably do... Little Gator Game 8, Tunic 7 from that. I, I think with Tunic, it, it's less uh, a single moment. It, it's multiple moments mm-hmm. playing mm-hmm. through it where you you just have these... Like, when I'm playing Zelda, and Tunic is very much borrowing heavily from Zelda, um, but, like, the best part of a Zelda game is always when you go, I can do this. This mm-hmm. is how I solve that puzzle. You know, I remember playing uh, Ocarina of Time the first time, and you go to um, the, the the dungeon in the desert, and you have to move the mirrors and reflect the light. And, like, I had never done that in a console video game before, like mm-hmm. where they were playing a, a light puzzle in the game. And I just remember getting to that point and going, oh, this is, like, way beyond what I've played before. And like, and that moment of realization, this is how I solve the puzzles and everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, or realizing, you know, you have to climb up to the third level to jump down to the second level and like crash through the floor mm-hmm. and everything. And tunic has a lot of those aha moments mm-hmm. where you go, Oh, this is not how I understood the world working. And this is like really clever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, like it, it, it doesn't necessarily keep that up 100% all the mm-hmm. way through, but, like, that first half of the game especially just hits really hard with mm-hmm. those sorts mm-hmm. of moments. Um, so do do we want to do Little Gator Game 8? Mm-hmm. I feel good that's, with that's, that. That's good. And then but we're not hitting mine again anytime soon. <laughs> and then and then Sonic Frontiers, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, I've made my sacrifices. <laughs> you know, I heard that game's actually quite buggy. I mean, <laughs> like Sonic turns into a bug at some point. <laughs> it's the metamorphosis. I was just going to yeah, say. Kafka, Sonic the Hedgehog. Ghost Rider, Franz Kafka. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm okay, then. If we want to put uh, Tunic at seven, I'm the only one who's played that. I'm fine with that going at seven. Wow. Okay. Okay. It is much higher on my list than seven, uh-huh. but <laughs> this is our collective list. Mm. Yeah, this is a, this is a, a difficult list. Yeah. So what we've got left, we've got Vampire Survivors, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, AI the Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative, Sonic Frontiers, Stray, and Marvel Snap. So one way to talk about this is I believe multiple people have played Vampire Survivors, mm-hmm. Kirby, mm-hmm. Stray and Marvel Snap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then AI and Sonic Frontiers are games that only one of us has played. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. So that doesn't mean they have to be six and five, but, you know, I, I'm fine I, with that. I, mm-hmm. I think we have to like figure out how we're going to like rank mm-hmm. these yeah. with. Only one person being a voice, and I don't know how strongly the two of you feel. I know. I'm, I mean, here's my thing. I would I would put Sonic Frontiers over AI: The Somnium Files, and here's why, Ryan, because you've <gasps> talked before about ha- having several things in the game that you were sorely disappointed by. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Whereas Sonic Frontiers, like some of some of the things I was disappointed by, mm-hmm. were very early on, and I got over it really fast. Mm-hmm. Whereas it seems like some of the stuff with AI that's bothered you when playing it still weighed on you for a lot longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like it. Like I still want to play like the third one because it it's pretty mm-hmm. been pretty well hunted. There will be a third one. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no. Like there was a time. Like one time I was so mad I about quit. There was a time, couple times I about rage quit because some of the controls weren't working that nicely on like one of the event things where you have to press a button like at mm-hmm. the right time and something. And right. yeah, um, it. If this was the first AI of the Somnium Files or, you know, like what I said was like my new favorite mm-hmm. game of all time, if found, I would mm-hmm. be much more like, no, no, I, I'm mm-hmm. fighting for number one. I'm fighting for number one. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, I'm fine with letting it go. Okay, so put that well, one at six and Sonic Frontiers at five. Actually, if it, so now that I'm thinking about it, I totally forgot about you talking about the bad stuff about AI of the Somnium Files. I would put that at seventh below Tunic. That's fair. Okay. So Tunic at six, Sonic Frontiers at five. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's talk about this Mm because I think this gets more interesting now. Mm -hmm. Sonic Frontiers and Kirby. Oh, Kirby, I'm fighting all the way. (laughs) Okay. That was your favorite, wasn't it? (laughs) Kirby, I I really enjoy Sonic Frontiers, and I'm sure I'll talk about why when we are talking about what we've been playing on another week, but... Kirby over Sonic Frontiers, easy choice for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's not top four. Because all the rest of these I've played, and mm-hmm. I think I feel like I have a, a better idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, so top four, what we have left are Vampire Survivors, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Stray, and Marvel Snap. OJ, <laughs> like you're the only other person who's played Vampire Survivors. Uh-huh. I know you originally kind of maybe bounced off it a little. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've come back and tried it more yeah. or how you feel. 
the more I played it, the more I really, really like it and, and just love, like, the ingenuity of it. Um, so this, I would, for my list, Vampire Survivors would be top two. Wow. Dang. I, I really want to try mm-hmm. it. Okay. <clears throat> um, and I think uh, for you, would it also like be top two? I, I have played through that game in its entirety two different times. Mm-hmm on my iPad and on PC mm-hmm. and like gotten all the achievements, mm-hmm. <laughs> like all the uh, different things they have in their own unique in-game achievements mm-hmm. in addition to whatever, you know, system achievements. Um, yeah, it's just a fantastic game. And I feel like the more you play it, the more you develop an appreciation for like the systems of it mm-hmm. and like the mm-hmm. evolutions of the items and then how some of those evolutions work together with one another mm-hmm. to build a, a great loadout. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, a, and then there's the hidden stuff in it. That's not even part of the achievements. There's additional hidden stuff in that game. It's just a really remarkable game <laughs> for as like low budget and small of a team and everything. It, it just shocks me. Um, and I feel like it had a huge impact this year because it is the game that everybody else kind of um, was copying. You know, it's this year's battle Royale in some regards. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of feel like some big triple A publisher is going to come along and make their vampire survivors. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's going to be a pretty uh, neat experience when that happens. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I guess we'll see. So I feel it It sounds like we should put a pin in Vampire Survivors yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at these and mm-hmm. remembering what, we, what we've talked about yeah. the most. Right. How do people feel putting Stray at fourth? Because I feel like that one we talked about more like when it was co- about to come out mm-hmm. than after it came out and mm-hmm. people played it. I, 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 with this top four, I can agree with that. I can agree with, with Stray at fourth. I will say I played Stray over Christmas. I had not played it previously, and Stray is a pretty fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, okay, I think up, everything at this level is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, I mean, there are games on here that I would take Stray ahead of. I would take Stray ahead of Kirby of, mm. of these top four. Um, I feel like Kirby was very, um, very good, but it is exactly what I expected out of that game and very sort of by the numbers. I mean, yes, I do love that Kirby turns into a car. Fantastic. <laughs> like those sorts of elements are really fantastic and everything. But to me, Kirby is a, and Alicia, don't hate me, but <laughs> is a second-tier Nintendo game. It is not at the level of a Mario or Zelda or one of their, like, top-tier games. And this one in particular, not all Kirby games, but this one is a step down from your Mario Odysseys or your Breath of the Wilds. And so that would, for me, put it at four behind these other three. But Alicia's currently behind Justin with a chair holding him. She's <laughs> <laughs> going full WWE on him. Uh, but, again, this is our collective list, so I'm fine if we want to if we want to put it higher, I'm, you know. See, here's my thing on Kirby. I think I have thoughts on thinking that it's a second-tier mm-hmm. game, but I'll refrain on that. <laughs> I think that 
you know, one of the things that we talked about a lot with Marvel Snap was feeling like it's such a good game right off mm-hmm. the bat. You don't have to mess mm-hmm. with it at all. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Kirby not only has that sense of completeness, it also it is Kirby's first 3D adventure. And so I think there are specific moments in that game that really shook me and mm-hmm. really got me. You know, the, when you beat D- King DDD the second time and he throws one of the wildies through and you're on the elevator and then all of a sudden you hear actual voice acting. Mm-hmm. Just you get that sudden chill of like, this is not, hang on, we don't get this in Kirby. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think, I think for me, I w- I'm, I'm going to keep arguing on that one because that one really, I don't, I don't, I don't love calling it a step down from Breath of the Wild because I feel like those are two games meant to do very different things. They are. And like part yeah. of the appeal of Kirby has always been, you know, Sakurai made it to be beginner friendly and also be something that you could play making it more challenging for yourself. You know, not even like where Pokemon people created, fans created Nuzlocks to make more difficult challenges. Kirby... It's entirely already built in, just depending on how you play. Right. Here's my feelings, like having played the beginnings of both, um, not having played the whole games. I am more interested in the story of Stray, but I think gameplay-wise, Kirby has a stronger start for me. Um, I like the control I have over Kirby and the different things I can immediately find out I can do with them. Stray, I think there's times I wanted to do things with the cat that I couldn't. Um, like I think I was so as there's a podcast I like to listen to called Let's Fight a Boss, and one of the things they were noting is they're like they don't want to always have to like have like an X button command thing to happen whenever they want to jump with the cat. They're a cat; they should be able to parkour all over the place. <laughs> um, and granted, in this game, if you parkour all over the place, you're going to be a dead cat really soon. <laughs> but um, I'm more interested in like the storytelling of Stray, like what's going on with this this post apocalyptic world. But Kirby's in one too. Um, I think as far as visually, aesthetically, it's too hard to compare them. They're just two totally different things, but they're both beautiful games in their own right. They're both aesthetically pleasing games in their own right. Um, I just, I like, I'm more interested in what's happening in Stray. I'm, I prefer the platforming of Kirby and the, the overall mechanics. That's my. I think that's fair about the mechanics. I mean, yeah. I, I think I had a better experience with Stray than I did with right. Kirby, but. I, I certainly understand the the mechanics argument because that's the big downfall of Stray is that there are some problems with the mechanics, um, particularly in particular parts, which mm-hmm. I won't spoil. But and, and granted, I'm also going from like a subpar experience because I was streaming it with a PS4 versus like mm-hmm. playing a copy I bought. Or well, let me ask you, OJ, since you've I'll played, say you've played both. Well, you've played Vampire Survivors mm-hmm. and Stray and Marvel Snap and Kirby, mm-hmm. so. What would you put forth? Oh. They're, so they're all number one in my heart. For <laughs> um, uh, I would say that Kirby edges out Stray just a little bit. Um, and and the, the controls are a big thing. And um, <clears throat> I played Stray once through and I was done. 
because um, I got everything in it. Kirby, I had to go back. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so there was a little bit more replayability mm-hmm. on it. Um, but they were both like dystopian worlds, uh, looking at it from a different view. And I loved both of them. Yeah, um, that's true. They are. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, um, so I, I, I think very, very barely stray forth. All right. I'm fine with that. But honestly, I, this is a horrible choice between these four. Yeah, that yeah. hurts. Cause, and also yeah. something I just want to say about Stray. Like I was, that same podcast I was talking about, mm-hmm. they were talking about how like they like got a hairless cat and they were studying its body and the way mm-hmm. its movements. And they got a hairless one specifically so they could notice like the detail in the muscle and how it mm-hmm. moved and stuff. Yeah. And like, so just like. Oh, yeah. Really Again, this cool isn't saying that yeah. Stray is a bad right, game right. by no, any I know. means. It's yeah. just. It's number four. Yeah. 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 Like, <laughs> that's, that's not On a, a collective list. I mean, it's yeah. no stranger of paradise, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's reinventing the Final Fantasy franchise. Yeah. You know, really, you and have a cat. How do you not that. have more chaos? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I think cats are full of plenty of chaos. <laughs> I don't know. You, you get to create some chaos in that game, particularly later. Here's the one thing about. A negative thing I will say about Stray also is as much as I like it, it's no, uh, no competition for my own kitty. Because my cat started meowing <laughs> while I was playing it. I'm like, okay, I'll pet you. <laughs> okay. I think that's a point in its favor that cats like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So we have Vampire Survivors, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, and Marvel Snap. I'm okay with Kirby at number three. I think <laughs> just overall the conversations that we've had around Vampire Survivors and Marvel Snap... Mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay with Kirby being third for their collective mm-hmm. list. Okay, then that leaves those Vampire Survivors and Marvel Snap. I re- I really feel like the collective uh-huh. list was always going to come down to these two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if okay. if it was the best card game slash board game, I'd be fighting harder for Marvel Snap. I'm just saying I would be okay with letting it go at this point, just because I. It's a great card game, but this is the best, like, I'm thinking best mm-hmm. video game of the year, so. Well, I think it's really interesting. I mean, granted, I haven't played either of them mm-hmm. because I don't have time. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Moving. <laughs> but <laughs> Marvel Snap doesn't take time, right, OJ? <laughs> <laughs> but I think one of the things that's really interesting about both of these, to me, is how accessible they are. Mm-hmm. You know, Vampire Survivors, like you said, was three bucks or something like that yeah. for the longest time marvel snap has remained completely mm-hmm. free to play and where you have everything mm-hmm. i think i would lean towards marvel snap because we talked before about like vampire survivors porting it to the phone kind of mm-hmm. messed with it mm-hmm. and made made so if you're playing it that way Mm-hmm. It impacts your experience of it, whereas Marvel Snap, the one way to play it is mm-hmm. still r- just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So that would be my argument for Marvel Snap at number one and Vampire Survivors at number two. Mm-hmm. But I don't really have a dog in this race. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I would argue that the, the flip side of that's also true. Marvel Snap's terrible to play on PC mm-hmm. where they did mm-hmm. port it. Oh, they and, did? Yeah. And okay. I, I think it really doesn't play particularly well on <laughs> Well, PC. there goes my argument. <laughs> Whereas I do think Vampire Survivors plays very well on tablets. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it plays well on phones. I, I, I should say I haven't played it. I think, OJ, you did mm-hmm. say you tried it. Yeah. I don't think it would work well on a phone. Mm-hmm. 
but on a tablet it works remarkably well. And I did play through the entire game mm -hmm. on a tablet, and I think it works pretty decently on there. Um, with a phone, it's just the size of the screen's way too small to mm -hmm. have any idea what's going on. Yeah. yeah, that's my big criticism. And and other games that copied Vampire Survivors afterwards on mobile devices do it a lot better than Vampire Survivors did. So that's the that's the one damning thing for Vampire Survivors there. And Marvel Snap, I the the thing that, that is knocking that one down for me is that the paid stuff it, they 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 upcharged for lesbians. Yeah, yeah, and that they're they're it's too much for the characters that you're buying. Like if it were ninety nine cents or a dollar for the character skins, I would be a lot better with Marvel Snap, but. You can play this yes. without paying for that stuff, but it's still mm -hmm. got those predatory gotcha elements yeah. that are, well, they, like, exploiting you a little bit. Uh -huh. They just put out a card for Jubilee that's, um, like, the Lunar New Year Jubilee variant, mm -hmm. and it's 5 or $6. Mm -hmm. It seems fair. Yeah. Versus $60 for those two characters yeah. that you were talking about, mm -hmm. um, which definitely felt exploitive. Mm -hmm. And then they had, it wasn't, like, the two anime versions of, like, yeah, they had the X Men the the '90s X Men Anime, version yeah. of they were like thirty Gambit and Rogue were thirty dollars yeah, for the straight mm -hmm. couple versus sixty for the lesbians. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, and I mean it, like the exploitiveness is is yucky, but like just the fact the the pricing period right like mm -hmm. thirty dollars for a character skin is is crazy, especially mm -hmm. when like you guys said it's not like you that's not the only way to get those characters. You can mm -hmm. still get those characters. It's just that skin. Yeah. Right. Which is, in this case, a skin is just a card, is just yeah. a flat image. Um, now, th that that stinks, but, like, that alone, I, I don't think probably is reason to, lo to lower it in the ratings. Mm -hmm. But, like, that is certainly yeah. a negative element of Marvel Snap this year. Mm -hmm. I think for me, if, it, if that was the only way to get those characters, it would rank more ne negatively, and I oh, don't yeah. know... Can you get Hella and mm -hmm. the other one outside of that? Yeah, you can get you can get them. It's just mm -hmm. the skins. Okay. Um which were like sort of sexy skins, right? Yeah. Like that was the gosh. Yeah. The kick of it. The other thing we're thinking about is like I'm thinking about anyway is like what's going to have a bigger impact on gaming afterwards? And I see mm -hmm. vampire cuz there's already other vampire survivor games like coming out. Like I think I've heard like again going back to that same podcast I was referencing uh, so they were arguing between what they thought was the better type of game like that, and one was arguing for Vampire Survivors, and there's another one out that's called, like, 20 Minutes Till Dawn. Yeah. And the point is they're, they're already releasing other games that are similar to that that we're arguing which are better or worse. Um, and not to, like, say that, you know, whether Vampire Survivors are better or worse, but I think it's going to have a bigger impact on gaming. Like, we're going to see more stuff like this. Yeah. See, I, mean, I think for me, I, I look at it where... I think I saw a lot more non-gamers playing Marvel Snap mm -hmm. versus mm -hmm. Vampire Survivors. Yeah. So I think for me, there's that impact that I look at and see maybe not a bigger impact on the gaming industry, but a bigger impact mm -hmm. for games. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, Marvel Snap, as we know, mobile games can have long legs. Yeah, that's true. And that seems like one... You know, they have smartly been monetizing it outside of the exploitive nature of a few <laughs> incidents. Mm -hmm. You know, like doing the Lunar New Year Jubilee card. Mm -hmm. That's smart. 
that's a smart way to tie into what, you know, mm-hmm. holidays and everything and mm-hmm. who a character is and like do that in a smart way. Mm-hmm. And so like they deserve credit for that. And again, exploitive as it might be, none of this is required. Right. Like you're not required to spend money and buy a specific card right. so far. Mm-hmm. Like that has not been the case. And so to me, they deserve a, a whole lot of credit for mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it can be either one on this for me. I'm fine with either one, mm-hmm. like being two or first. I don't know about y'all. Of these two, I would put Vampire Survivors 1 and Marvel Snap 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think as we've been talking, that's where they fell for me too. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Like I haven't played Vampire Survivors yet, but I'm really excited to. And I, as much as I love Marvel Snap, um, I... I don't, I don't look at it like as like you know just kind of like just as a video game critic mm-hmm. and think that it's going to be quite as good of an overall game as Vampire Survivors and there's as much as I enjoy it um, because it's a card game I can play in my iPad that I enjoy a lot. There's still other real life card games I would play over it mm-hmm. um, if you know if I have people with me. So I'm good with Vampire Survivors going number one. All right, well, let's do a final read-down of our top 10 games of the year, starting at number 10 with Citizen Sleeper. Coming at number 9 is Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. At 8 is Little Gator Game. In 7th place is AI The Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative. In 6th place is Tunic. 5th place is Sonic Frontiers. 4th place is Stray. The little kitty that could. <laughs> <laughs> At third place is Kirby in the Forgotten Land. The best boy. <laughs> At second is Marvel Snap. And our game of the year for Saluki Games is Vampire Survivors. So <clears throat> congratulations to all the top ten. Congratulations to all the award winners. Thank you for listening to us as we went through our game of the year and everything. We, uh, obviously this podcast will go up. The first part of the podcast is already up. We are also publishing top 10 lists and some more creative type lists. So, uh, we have those from obviously the four of us, but also from Carly Alvarez and Mario Sanders. They have some lists up as well, or are currently in the process of going up. And so there's lots of cool content to check out. You can find all that at salukigames.com. Again, thank you. Thank you to my co-host and everything for going through this exercise. And I know some of us had to run. So we'll be back soon this Friday with a a regular podcast. Um, And we'll be talking about what we've been playing, some game news and all of that. So uh, again, keep following us online through the website, through social media, subscribe to the podcast. And we thank you for your time. This podcast is dedicated to James Marston. (laughs) 